Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Hey, brother. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. What's new with you? Uh, we I uh, spent the week in Boston um, while my husband was at a conference and I just got back. So Yeah. Uh, was it awesome? I'd never been to Boston before somehow. So yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It was great. It was perfect because he was busy all day long. So I was able to work all day long and not feel bad like I was missing out on anything. That's cool. Do fun Boston things at night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so nice uh, to travel from mountain time to eastern time because then you seem like you can really hang and you're you're out to like 10 o'clock and it's 8 o'clock your time. But yeah. uh, so, <laughs> um, it's better than the alternative where you're just really lame the whole time. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Caught, caught up with Lula. Which is what eastern uh, time people do everywhere. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, everywhere you go in the U.S., you're the lamest people because it's uh, two hours used to be nothing for me to go back and forth between. And now I'm like, I don't think I converted. <laughs> it was like five nights and I think I stayed on mountain time the whole time. Nice. Yeah, I'm an nice. old lady. Uh, well, I got some fun news to share. Ooh, please tell. Uh, we've texted about this a little bit, but um, we, a uh, friend of the show, Chris Enter, uh, was uh, a local uh, art director, graphic designer, uh, helped us uh, put an unfederated sticker together, uh, which is currently at the printers. So if you're merchandise, interested, <laughs> yeah, if you're interested in any unfederated swag, uh, we'll have our first piece of that, which is kind of fun. It makes feels makes me feel like our podcast is a little more legit. And me too. I'm gonna put that sticker. On my computer. Um, yeah. You go to startup events. I will. I will. People will say, oh, that's you. Um, or cool sticker. Uh, what, what does a listener need to do to get a sticker from us? Maybe if you'd be kind enough to give us a good review on iTunes and just let us know about it, then we'll drop one in the mail to you. That would be so awesome. And so doable. Yeah. So it's a two-part approach. You leave the review and then you message us through our website and give us your address so we can mail you a sticker. That's right. And uh, the good review will offset the uh, postage costs <laughs> and we'll call it even. Or is it ethical to pay people for good reviews? Because I think it's like 50 cents for postage now. It's probably no, more we're than just, that. We're, pay we're not paying for the reviews. We're just paying for the postage. Oh. You know, the yeah. United States Postal Service. Sure. Yeah. Let's, we're keeping it on the up and up. Um, I'll pay yeah. people for reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just well, kidding. we did get 10,000 stickers printed, so no pressure to listen to something. So that's just, I mean, yeah. I don't know. If you leave two reviews, then we only need 5,000 people. <laughs> oh <my laughs> just no time. That'll be, that'll be taken care of. No problem. <laughs> Um, so that's cool. And, uh, I, I, the word on the street is you have some good news to share too. Yes. Similar in, in quantity and quality <laughs> to your sticker news. <laughs> I'm having a baby. So same, Whoa. same, same. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so that's happening in a couple months, um, over halfway there. So I was reluctant to to talk about it because freelancing and all of the stuff that you know goes into perception and things when you're telling people about it. But um, I think that's the purpose of this podcast is to be genuine and kind of show behind the curtain a little bit on stuff. So that's what's happening with me and my business. Which brings us to our third bit of exciting news on this show, an action-packed show, is that we have a special guest. And that special guest is a lady by the name of Rachel Bettis, who happens to be my wife. And my sister-in-law. Yay! <laughs> there Whoa, she is. Wait a second. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she news to me. just patched her in. She didn't know she was going right. to be on here. Like, Wake <laughs> up, Rachel. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I'm your sister. Um, it, this is timely. Uh, fourth good news. Uh, Facebook informed me, Rachel, today that today is our 13 year anniversary of Facebook friendship. Ooh, that is a big deal. Yeah, and yet your very first podcast. I know. Yeah, we. You can only go so far without podcasting. That's true. I look forward to the shared YouTube channel. That'll take it to the next level. (laughs) So we're we're taking your hesitancy to announce your pregnancy Mm -hmm. uh, publicly for professional reasons. And we're just blowing the lid right off of that. Just aggressively diving in. We're going to do a show all about parenting as as, uh, solo employees. Yeah. Solo workers. That's, um, it's very convenient that Rob, you're married to Rachel or vice versa, because Rachel's the only, um, freelancer I really know who's done maternity leave while being self-employed. Um, so regardless of this podcast, I would have been like, Hey, Rachel, (laughs) it was easy, right? Say it was easy because I can't really undo this. (laughs) Oh, it was the easiest thing ever. It was no big deal at all. So, yeah, I, I got it from your tone. Um, so, Rachel, what do you do for the listeners? And tell us a little bit about when you had your baby. Big, broad strokes. Yeah. Um, so I am a real estate agent in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I own a small uh, real estate brokerage here. And um, so, yeah, my, my business is entirely up to me. Uh, if I don't sell houses, I'm questionably unemployed. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, having a baby and figuring out quote unquote maternity leave, um, is, is really interesting as a, um, solo person. Um, so I had a baby, we have a daughter that actually will be three in just a f- two weeks. Um, so yeah, so I have only done this once, um, and I live to tell about it. If that makes it any better, <laughs> it does. If you had died, this would be a much more morbid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what does not well, kill you only makes you stronger, Sarah. Well, they, that's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I look forward to the cross stitch pillow. Um, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> so, what did you do? How did you arrange to to be off? Were you? I mean, were you showing? Did you give birth in a house during a showing? 
I didn't, although it came close. Um, I had several people that I showed houses to that were extremely uncomfortable with me <laughs> walking around with them. Uh, fortunately, one of the people I was showing houses to was a labor and delivery nurse. And she was like, it's no problem. You, I could deliver the baby right here. I was like, <laughs> You're like, yeah, but the carpet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you were showing houses up till you like yeah. went yeah. into labor? Uh, yeah, I think I, I mean, once I got very big and tired, I had some people come in from out of town and they came maybe five days before I had Sutton. And I was really nervous about it when I scheduled it because I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have a baby or what it's going to be like. So actually one of my business partners came with me just in case. <laughs> um, and I felt like I needed somebody else there just as like a, a, a backup um, cause people got really uncomfortable when they saw me that pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a bigger question. So being pregnant once you were, you know, people knew you were pregnant. Did you feel like they treated you differently as a professional out there in the world? Yeah. I, I don't know if I should say this publicly on a podcast, but if we're being truthful and honest, it's not cute to be a professional and be pregnant. Um, in, in the world's eyes, I love my child. I wanted my child. I was excited to be pregnant. And personally, it was like a very exciting time. But when I went to work with my little bump and my much bigger bump later on, it was, it was a different, it was a little, as, as excited as I was personally, it was a little difficult. It, it, did, it definitely made work and the way people look at, looked at me and approached me a little bit different. Do you think I've experienced the same thing? Of course. I mean, I think it's because my power suits don't fit. I'm <laughs> uh, just unzipped in the back. Um, so do you, did you feel like you got fewer referrals or anything like that? Less business? Yes. Um, I mean, it was one. Of, I did have several people that um, d I didn't want to work with me, I think, because we had started working together and then they kind of – um, at the last minute, kind of as we got closer to the end, decided they wanted to go with, you know, they, they ended up kind of going a different direction because I think they felt like I was having a baby. I was going through this other thing in my life and didn't have time or attention to give to them. I don't think they meant it in a, in a, in a mean way at all. They're all sweet people that I think meant it more as we want you to, you don't have to worry about us. You've got, you know, plenty of fish to fry over here. Um, and to some extent, I, I get it. Um, and so I couldn't blame them to some extent because I was like, you know, I, I might feel the same way. Um, however, Rob will tell you, <laughs> I, I was in the hospital, hooked up to all the, you know, you like checked in, ready to have your baby in labor. My water broke, went to the hospital, I'm in labor and I'm <laughs> spent a salt. Rob and I spent about three, four hours the after my water broke in, in the bed before we went to the hospital, furiously doing all the work we needed to get done. <laughs> um, I sent everyone emails at like four and five in the morning. My business partner called me or texted me. She knew I was in labor because she got all these emails from me in the middle of the night. Um, but yeah, so I, we like got everything done. And I'll interject here to tell a personal anecdote that includes uh, many conversations with, between Rachel and I leading up to the baby coming that went something like, you better not be playing on your phone the entire time. 
<laughs> as it were, of course, I, you know, I have some, some manners and I already knew that, but sure. But as it were, um, at some point during the labor process, I had to take Rachel's laptop away from her because she was working on a counteroffer <laughs> in, in the hospital bed. He trying to get that my, one last thing done before everything changed. He called my business partner and made her call me or texted her and made her call me. And she was like, you need to give Rob the laptop. <laughs> I was like, well, when is this going to get done? If I don't do it right now, I mean, I'm not going to do it after the baby comes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I mean, that would time. be remarkable. Okay. So it wasn't Rob with the, uh, the electronics addiction problem per usual. Um, <laughs> it was you. So you were, you got like a couple hours to furiously manage things, which I mean, I guess is, is useful uh, better than some people get, um, in more emergent scenarios, <laughs> but that's pretty, that's pretty radical. Um, so you're working while giving birth. And then um, what'd you do after for work? Well, leading up to it, I did have like a ridiculous spreadsheet of everything anyone might need to know that I had shared with. I, I own a small brokerage with two other ladies. And so I'd shared everything with them so that, you know, and had some, some backup. My plan was to kind of take two weeks, um, which everyone kind of laughed at. Um, but my plan was two weeks and then I'd, I'm not going back full time, but you know, kind of start getting back in. Um, after the baby came, that whole two week thing didn't really work out. I, I was, I was taking emails and phone calls before then, but as a solo person, just kind of when it comes in, you just, you know, you got to do something with it. Um, I definitely cut back a lot. Um, and so it it was a, it was a balance. I was still working. Um we had planned uh we'd found a nanny and she started coming after those 2 weeks and would just come and essentially hold the baby while I sat there on my laptop, you know, went in the office and went on my laptop and then came back in to feed the feeder and you know, just kind of had somebody else here to help hold her. How many days a week did you have the nanny there? Um, at first she came about three, just for like a half day. Um, and then we kind of built back up. I think I, um, and Rob knows this, I was so nervous that I wasn't going to have enough business to like sustain myself that, and I didn't want to spend too much on babysitter because I was afraid you know, I wasn't making as much money. So I was afraid to spend too much money. And Rob kept saying, Rachel, it's an investment. It's okay. It's okay. But I was, I was shy about it and didn't have a sitter as much as I should have. So I did a little too much baby in one hand typing with the other hand. Um, and that I don't recommend, you're gonna have to do some of that, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> That's okay. I love that. Cause I've been saying the whole like out of office for two weeks, but then, you know, start managing things. I've been saying that since people started asking, first of all, I did not realize that when I told people at work, um, that they would expect me to have a plan. <laughs> like, they're, you know, they're like, great. Well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I, 
<laughs> what? This has just happened. I'm only, you know, through the first trimester. Give me a second. So I guess that's one thing is before you tell anybody, maybe like it's good to have at least some semblance of a plan. So I think I just articulated basically what you did and what I remembered of it. <laughs> and every, like, which is great. Um, but what everybody has responded to, like, oh, I'm going to take, you know, two weeks definitely, but then continue working. They look at me as though I said, I'm not going to have the baby. I'm going to keep it on the inside. Yes. That's the, like, everyone looks at you like you have four heads. <laughs> and the reason they do that, Sarah, I do understand now. Like you just, your, your mind is everywhere. But I think what I meant to, and I, I, I hope, I think you mean this, but when I went back to work at two, two weeks or, you know, whatever, I wasn't, I didn't jump back in full, like, like you normally would. I wasn't like eight to five. I'm gone. I'm working. I'm, I mean, I got about a fourth as much done as I normally would have because life, you're still trying to figure out a pattern and a cycle, but I was in it enough that I'm, you know, getting back on my feet and getting some communications done. I still had people covering, um, my showings, you know, for the first two weeks for sure. I started going on some after that, but not very many. I'd be gone for about an hour and then I'd come back. Um, so it wasn't like I went, I went back full time after two weeks. Right. And I think people picture you going into the office and, um, That'd be kind of extreme as well. That's like the lucky part of working, being self-employed is you can work from anywhere. Um, what would you do differently about that first period of time? Yeah. Um, I think I'd give myself a little more grace. Uh, I remember the day we came home from the hospital, I had somebody that wanted to look at houses that weekend. It was like a Monday. They were going to be in town for the weekend. And I'm sitting there holding like, you know, my three-day-old and I was like, how do we do this? And my mom, who was staying with us, was like, are you really going to do that? She's like, well, I could go with you and hold the baby while you go on showings and just we can ride in the car with you and we can stop to feed her. And we started thinking, I started realizing the repercussions of like what I was saying. And I was like, I can't do it. And I just was so upset with myself because I wanted to keep going and I didn't want to have to slow down at all. Um, cause I was afraid that it was going to kill me. You know, it was going to kill my business if I slowed down and it didn't, you know, like I had to tell that client, um, that I could refer them to someone else and got them taken care of. And then when they sold two years later, they came, they came back to me, um, which was nice and doesn't always happen. But you know, in my head I was like, Oh, I'm killing my business cause I can't service everybody right now and, and tried to do more than I should have. Yeah, I could see you doing that really easily. <laughs> no one wants to go show with someone that just gave birth two weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah. And has like several newborn. days. Yeah, no, that'd be terrible. <laughs> no like, one's comfortable. That sounds awful. Yeah, people are freaking out that Meghan Markle is like standing for a picture of that. <laughs> You'd be like, in the nice granite countertop to your left. <laughs> Well, you know, Rob, the germaphobe, like he's going to let our child out of the house yeah. that hasn't been fully sanitized. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. That was unlikely to happen. <laughs> so, how that, that doesn't sound like me at all. I know. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll jump in and say one thing, too, in, in that regard, uh, with some of kind of that timing and issue stuff, like you guys both have businesses that are of the nature that like, 
each new client might be your last. Like, like when you finish this project, I hope another one shows up, you know? And so I think Rachel, you were feeling some of the pressure of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you were still relatively new in your self-employment world at this time, uh, you know, the first, within the first two years of doing that. And it was like, is this going to be the the nail in the coffin? <laughs> you know, like, will everyone leave now and never come back? I think one thing too, that is really interesting. And Sarah, you know, you may not see as much of this as I do, but I think you'll see some of it. I think especially as a realtor, people are like, oh, she's having a baby. She's not going to work anymore. And I'm like, no, this is my career. Like, I don't, this isn't, this isn't a hobby. This isn't something I do on the side. I, I want to continue working. I enjoy working. I enjoy and love my child. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm better as a working mom. I was going to bring the same thing up because I've had people who know me really well and who I consider friends be like, well, who knows what you'll want to do after you have the baby. I'm like, you know, that's, I don't, I mean, my understanding is that I don't get replaced with an entirely different person inside me after, after that. And my priorities completely shift. I don't like working anymore. That would be really surprising to me. And also nobody's, said that to Walker. So I think that's what's really difficult is because I and a lot of people, some people will say it to you and some people won't, but I think the assumption is she's about to have a child, she's probably not going to come back to work or she's going to want to take some time off and um and and I don't think there's anything Again, I don't think it's people that mean it in a in a bad way, and I think some of that's a little bit of maybe an old school way of thinking or um I don't know. Um, ultimately, I hope that like if we have another child that people see that I came back to work and aren't as hesitant about that. But my, my, my business partner who has two children is like, oh, no, they do it every time. Every time they're like, she's been doing it for 20 years and has two kids. And she's like, every time they're like, oh, you're going to stay home. And she's like, no, I'm not, like, not going to stay home. <laughs> This All is right, how I would we have thought that too. Yeah, like, yeah. What a weird choice that would be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just sometimes, now. Yeah, I want to be like, do you know how much money we're talking about? Like, <laughs> do you think I'm doing this for fun? Um, yeah, I don't yeah. do this as a hobby. Um, it's a career. Yeah, that's and it's part of the the financial necessity and plans and. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not that people, it's not that I, I found myself very reluctant to t- like tell anyone. And I thought, you know, I could probably get away with it because a lot of my uh, clients don't see me in person. <clears throat> and so, I mean, realistically, I could get away with it maybe forever without them ever knowing that I had a kid. <laughs> um, the problem there was I didn't go to any networking events for the first couple months and uh, things really slowed down. So I guess I do have to be out there, although I don't know if I'm out there, if they're going to speed up because, uh, you know, people like it's not like they're like, I hate pregnant women. <laughs> you know, they're thinking, oh, like, I don't want to trouble her by giving her work that will My sustain business. her. Yeah. <laughs> I've decided that next time we have a kid, I'm just going to like pull on the sappy, like, oh, help feed this unborn child. <laughs> Play some Sarah McLaughlin music. And, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I mean, I can try that more. Does that? Yeah. 
<laughs> we just really don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> that's a good approach. Yeah, I think um, I think that's the problem is overcoming the like, well-intentioned individuals who are just trying to not pile on or trouble you. But um, you really kind of need them to treat you as business as usual. And maybe the same way that they treat, uh, you know, like a, somebody who's about to be a dad. But I mean, obviously, there's so, some very true differences. But well, and you are, I think the reality is you are going to need more, I don't know, more time and more whatever than you think you just you don't know how quite how that'll play out. And you, I think you'll you kind of will slow down yourself as your your body slows down and you get, you know, kind of near the end and you're going to be preparing. Um, and yes, you'll slow down for a minute, but that doesn't mean you're going to stop and that doesn't mean you can't still work or your brain doesn't function. You know, like you can still do your work. It's just a matter of kind of giving yourself a, a space and time where you take on less. That makes sense. What do you, um, how long do you think it took you to ramp back up to a hundred percent? Um, it took me longer than it should. Cause like I said, I was a little hesitant to hire the babysitters that I should have. Um, but I think by the time I was like out and going maybe two months before I was like ready to really, you know, get back at it and was out showing and it, you know, it was starting to become easier and was, was more normal life. Um, to like later in the summer. So two or three months. Um, yeah, it's, that's so fast. I mean, that's so fast, right? Cause most, most lawyers that, um, I know are traditionally employed and their, um, maternity leaves are like four months, six months. So, um, you know, that's, that's awesome that you felt like you were able to be more a hundred percent. Do you feel like you missed out on anything? Do you have any regrets? No. Oh my gosh. I feel like I got to be so much more a part of it than, I mean, you know, I left my traditional job, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, five or six years ago to, you know, to do real estate. And part of the reason I wanted to do that was so that I could, you know, so that we could, I could be a mom um, we could have children and I could be a little more involved. I get to see my child so much more than if I, if I worked my full-time job and, you know, took her to daycare and picked her up at six and there's nothing wrong with that decision. And I, I think that works for a lot of people and I think it's great. And that's what we would have done. Um, but I sacrificed in that I went back to work really quickly and yes, I was on the phone taking phone calls while I was nursing my child to keep her quiet and, you know, like writing a contract with one hand and doing some stuff that, I mean, it was not easy. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend for a second like it was. I was exhausted. You're not sleeping great. You know, you're doing all this, but I like what I do. And so it, it actually was really helpful for me to get back into some adult world because I can't like sitting and staring and doing baby talk all day. It was really nice to be like, okay, it's time I have mommy has an appointment and hand her to somebody else and go do my appointment. And I have like three or four, I would be gone for shorter stints of time and cause I was, um, breastfeeding. And so she needed me more often. Um, so I would, you know, be gone for three or four hours and then I would come back and be in mommy zone. And that was really nice for me. I like enjoyed being able to go be an adult for a few hours. 
That, yeah, that sounds really like a huge relief. <laughs> and especially um, as I've been talking to a lot of women who are, you know, just had babies, this kind of sense of loss of self that, that can happen right afterwards. That For sure. Like it would really help with that. Rachel, you mentioned something that like you've kind of danced around this a couple of times, but I think it's worth pointing out. Um, you mentioned having to come back to do feedings and stuff. Like it just so happens our, our daughter just refused to take a bottle. Right. So, so like there's some limitations to that and, and you know, and something that keeps coming in my mind as you guys are talking is that like every kid's different, you know? And so part of when you're talking about exercising some more grace for yourself is kind of rolling with the punches on that, you know, maybe you've got a kid that will take a bottle so you can be away for longer sense of time or Maybe you've got a kid that their nights and days are just totally out of whack for, for like, you know, the first couple of weeks or whatever, whatever those things are. But some of it is just kind of, you don't know until you're doing it, you know? And and that's just kind of one of those hard, you know, if you've got a real colicky baby or a, you know, I don't know, all these other variables that exist, then you just kind of have to roll the punches. So more so than anything, it's just leaving yourself enough capacity uh, and margin to, to be able to accommodate that kind of stuff when, when you don't know it in advance. Yeah. I think one of the variables, um, that is kind of implied in everything that we're talking about is, uh, Rob, your involvement, the partner's involvement, because yes, um, <laughs> you're more involved than the, maybe a lot of, um, folks partners might be, but Rachel, how did, uh, how did having Rob also being like solo and being more hands-on, how did it help? So Rob was still working a full-time job when, um, Sutton was born and yeah, and honestly, when I really, I don't, I didn't know how hard it was on me until he left his full-time job. She was born in May. He left his full-time job in February. And it was the, it was the greatest relief to me of like this thing that I didn't realize was so hard because then when I had a meeting pop up or someone, you know, house pop on the market that I needed to go show, um, at a time when I didn't have a sitter, I'm, you know, I'm always the one trying to schedule the sitters and make sure I have them at the right times of day and that kind of thing. Now we have someone that comes full time. And so that's so much easier. But at the time I was still doing the skimping on babysitters thing. And that was kind of, that was dumb. Um, but so I'd get really stressed out. But then when Rob was home, I was like, Oh, I mean, I get that it eats into his work too, but we, we share in all of that now. He is, I mean, an equal parent. I mean, if, if she gets sick and can't go to school, it, it's both of our problems. Um, it's not just, I have to blow up my entire day, um, while he's at work. It's we, you know, he cancels the meeting in the morning. I cancel mine in the afternoon and we split the day. Um, you know, so it, it, it kind of affects both of us, but instead of someone getting, getting, having to handle all of it, we get to share it, uh, which makes the burden a little lighter. Yeah. When I was traditionally employed, it just, the assumption was just because of the way vacation days worked or whatever that like, I, I always had to go to work and all of that just kind of fell on Rachel because she controlled her own schedule in a way I didn't, you know? And as soon as like I separated myself from that, well, I have to be at work at, you know, eight 30 and I have to stay there till five 30 kind of mindset. Then like all of a sudden I'm open to doing all this stuff too, you know, and there's, there's nothing about the nature of my work that, that requires it to be done at a certain time during the day. It was really just the employment factor of that, that limited it. 
So it's, it's been awesome from my perspective to be able to contribute to that kind of stuff because it allows us to share the responsibility. But then like we each, you know, sometimes Rachel's work isn't super busy and sometimes mine isn't super busy and we can, we can share that, you know, in a way that's indicative of, of what our days look like when we need it. But, um, otherwise all of that would just be dumping on her, which is, you know, unfair to her one. I'm, I'm a parent too, but two it makes, makes it harder for her to grow her business in that situation where she's constantly dodging landmines. That's a good point. Cause if there's one person who's traditionally employed and the other one who isn't, and they're getting, I mean, it, you know, the person trying to grow their business really should be the one who's investing more because they have more income potential the more they work on it. But because of the flexibility, they wind up being the one who uh, takes the slack in the household all the time. Absolutely. Since Rob has come home and we've both been um, self-employed, I mean, both of our incomes have, I mean, this we've made more in the last year than either of us have ever made individually. Um, and so that's, it's just been, now that we've had like a full year of us doing that. And I think it's just a lot of that is being able to to share. And I mean, it, it does. Having a kid is the greatest thing in the world, but it throws everything off. Like in the, you know, you wake up in one morning and your kid's got a fever and all of a sudden your whole, I mean, your next three days are just gone. Um, and, but to share it in it with somebody else, I mean, it makes it hard for both of us, but it's something we both want to be there for. I mean, he wants to take care of our sick kid too. I'll take her to the doctor while he gets some work done. Then we switch and I'll go out on a call. And it's just nice to have somebody else here um, to share in that. And he gets to be a part of all of those things with her. She doesn't understand how lucky she is to have two uh, parents that are that are available. Yeah, that is unique. And especially, I mean, each of you are more available than most folks get to be. So that's really cool. Um, it's kind of like this could have been a disheartening episode about how hard it is, but now it's like an inspirational. Here's another reason <laughs> to to go out and freelance. Uh, well, I think it, you know, Rachel, you made reminded me something when you were talking earlier. I remember you used to do a ton of email correspondence, like at four o'clock in the morning while you were feeding our daughter. You know, you're just in the chair doing your thing, and you know, over there, uh, just typing away on your on your phone. And I would, you know, to your point that you just made, Sarah, I would be lying if if the days that she wakes up with a fever, our daughter wakes up with a fever, doesn't also look like us both working for like two and a half hours as soon as she goes to bed, you know, <laughs> to like cover up those days. But like, fine. I'm Like that's a, that's a trade I'm willing to make, you know, and I think that's a trade Rachel's willing to make. And, you know, if that means we get to be a present and helpful, you know, parent all day long, but it also means we have to do some, you know, grunt work, some, some crap, less ideal work later in different parts of the day or spend more time on a weekend catching up. That's, that's fine, you know? And, and I question how different that would be if we were traditionally employed. Cause it's, you know, I've never had a job where I can be like, well, get sick deuces. See you guys <laughs> when I get back, you know, and like, I'm just going to turn my phone off and not care, you know, like that's never how it really plays out. So, you know, I question whether it's really that different, but like, there's certainly the side of it where you, you just have to do the stuff that is not glamorous to, to make the good stuff available to, and, and, you know, uh, sign me up for that. I'm, I'm good with that. 
I like this a lot. Um, you know, you think things when you're like, you think, but don't say a lot of things when you're expecting, you're like, I hope it's this way, but you also, you know, I'm aware of the naivety. Um, but I have thought numerous times, like, I don't know, even just going from a hundred percent to 0% for four months, like a traditional employer uh, setup, that doesn't seem like it would work great with my personality. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you could do that, Sarah. It's like really zero is hard. And I mean, not that it's, you know, zero work, right. But zero work, work, you're still doing homework. Um, so, you know, the, the stair stepping and the, you know, mixing it all together is, is so much more my speed. And then that is you know, a relatively short period of time and your quality of life being better and you getting to be around your daughter more regularly is like, you know, that's a lot more than just a couple months of your life. So I think the trade-offs are very good. It's just very stressful um, yeah. to think like all your business is going to leave and you're not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I spent the whole first year of her life. I mean, I definitely was, I spent more time at home than I, than I, than I do traditionally and than I do now. And I kind of did that somewhat intentionally because once we got into it and I realized we were going to be okay, I had enough business to sustain myself and I found a good level of working that, that I just kept doing it and was like, you know what, this is more important right now. Like I want to be home more. And I was able to do that, but I still made enough money that like we could support our family. I just didn't do a lot extra that year. Um, and that was, a, that was okay. And Rob and I were, you know, had planned for that and it, it worked out it, as scared as I was for a little while, I was very scared at first. Like it all worked out well. And the next year I was able, you know, like I, I went back to my normal pace. Um, but I kind of, you know, admittedly kind of took that whole first year and just spent a little more time at home than normal because they are, they're only that little for a really short period of time. And it's, it's really hard, but it's also really sweet. And now we've got a sassy three-nager telling us what to do, so it changes. <laughs> now, yeah, you can you can be a little less present for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, nope. Go ahead, Rob. But like to Rachel's point, like we spent the day with our daughter today, and she, she was the worst. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> like we put her to bed tonight, and we were like, um, you know, it's one of those days. Like if you know, parents understand, right? It's just like couldn't wait for bedtime. Let's get her to bed. Great. And then like, you know, Rachel's being very gracious and coming in here and talking about like the sweet parts of it. I'm, I'm still very, really pissed off about how crappy our daughter was. Um, but it, you know, all of that being said, uh, like that season does change pretty dramatically. Right. And, and going from one to the other. And the fact that, uh, you know, Rachel and I both enjoy days like today in that it reminds us that like we get to go work you know, like almost it provides the counterbalance that Rachel alluded to earlier that like um, sometimes we just kind of need a break from this, you know, and it's it's good to uh, to plan that time away. And it makes coming home so much better. You know, like if, if we get just an hour to ourselves to go even run to a meeting or something, we get to come back and like all of a sudden we're kind of excited to see her again, even if she's acting terrible. I mean, you know, not not that we're ever not excited to see her, but like just those little moments of, of seasons of on and off and transition um, can be really refreshing at times. Uh, yeah, I bet you're better at both by just having the change of pace. I mean, I, I, you know, 
I, I do that with work, switching between projects, just because you get a little sharper every time you come back to it. Um, so I'm sure that's that's really helpful. Uh, what you know, you've got all of this great time. What I mean, what would you have done? Uh, like I guess for people who um, who are really riding it close and they're looking at spending like a hundred percent of what they're making or more on uh, a daycare or a nanny. Um, in those first couple of months, what would you say to those folks? Um, I would say uh, the thing that Rob kept saying to me that when I finally leaned into and believed him on um, really paid off was to some extent, it's an investment in your business. Um, it's not, you know, don't think of it as childcare. Don't think of it as, you know, babysitter and frivolous. I mean, it's an investment in your business. You need time to work. You need time to get things done. If you're trying to grow a business, um, you know, you have to keep in mind the priorities. And like I said, I, I worked much less that whole first year, um, you know, because I felt like that was where I wanted to be. Um, but I, but I still wanted to work and, the more we invest in childcare, the more Rob and I have been able to make because we have more time and more availability um, to do what we do. And so uh, we, you know, we've found a balance that works for us. I think that's different for everybody. For us, you know, she goes to preschool a couple days a week and we have a nanny at the house, um, you know, that's here when she gets home and that's here the other days. So we get to jump in and go eat lunch with her if we want to, or, you know, if she's having a rough day, can come give her a hug. And for, for the two of us, we, we really like that. That's been a really good balance for us. I know that wouldn't work for everybody. Um, and sometimes it's honestly, sometimes it's easier when she's at school. Um, so I would just say, you know, we, we tried to prepare pretty, um, pretty well before I had the baby, um, just financially to be ready because we weren't, you know, we weren't sure what I was going to be able to do. And it is, it's scary. Um, but you do kind of have, you do have to think about childcare as an investment, um, and, and, and giving you yourself time to work. You cannot do it by yourself. I tried. It's not possible. <laughs> it's very difficult and more power to you if you can. <laughs> That's, um, those are very good words of wisdom. So also, I guess I should have been saving money. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've taken up gambling in the last couple of months. So <laughs> what a shame. Oh, that is uh, a shame. <laughs> when you, you look at the math of it, and this is something that Rachel and I talked about a lot during that season. I mean, we're paying a babysitter, what, 10, 12, $15 an hour. Like, what is your time worth, you know, and, and to anyone listening, I mean, you know, if it's hopefully worth more than that, or perhaps maybe your gig needs to change to nannying, you know, and, and you could you could bring in another kid and make more money, you know, uh, your kid plus someone else's kid. And then, you know, do that for a season if you need to. Um, but hopefully you're charging, you know, 50, 75, $300 an hour. And it's all of a sudden, like, you can pay for five hours of, of childcare to build that one hour and you're, you're still good. You know, even if the other four hours go to administrative stuff or getting back, you know, catching back up on emails or whatever that kind of stuff is, you, you certainly got some margin. And so, you know, it might be a little bit of more of a break even for, for a minute, you know, um, especially the first few weeks, you know, um, 
you, you think of conceptually, you think, oh, the baby's just going to sleep all the time. But like, so but you, you don't, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you ought to be, you yeah. know, so the think that you're going to make great use of that time is not ideal. Sarah, one thing I'm thinking about the show ahead of time that's interesting to me is like the nature of your work, you know, like it's really easy to, to write some emails at four o'clock in the morning while you're feeding like Rachel did. But like, if you need two hours of uninterrupted time to really like, you know, conceptualize something, yeah. you know, to really like unpack it. Like everyone always talks about how work is like sleep and to hit your rim sleep, you know, to hit your rim work. Like if you need some time for that, you know, I think it's more challenging with a kid to find those pockets of time. Yeah. You know? So you just have to be more, uh, per, uh, I don't know, more proactive about creating those situations because they just don't happen naturally. But um, you know, occasionally I, I run interference for Rachel so that she can, you know, find that time and vice versa, you know, and, and we do weird stuff like, you know, recording this podcast really late on a Sunday night, our time, yeah. you know, which is like not the ideal way to start a week, but it's what works and, you know, that's fine. That's really good advice. You guys have really made me feel better and more prepared for this. <laughs> I'm sure it's an illusion, but I appreciate the illusion. You're going to be great. <laughs> but just, you know, be prepared. To, to, it's okay to, to slow down for a, little, for a minute. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, you're, you're totally right. I get why people are looking at me like I'm crazy, but I also feel like they don't understand how... Um, how like how much I like my work and so how much it doesn't feel like work for me to be working. Yeah. And like, how awesome is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were like, I'm going to keep doing yoga starting two weeks after people would be all for it. But <laughs> <laughs> most people don't like their work. <laughs> so. Well, thanks for coming on, Rachel. You were really helpful. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah. And part of recording the show, which we mentioned it's Mother's Day at some point, I think earlier in the show we did like, and it won't air for five weeks from now or something like that is because we're doing some planning for this show uh, to, uh, to the points we've made and trying to build up a backlog so that Sarah can have some time away from the show. And um, so there might be some additional um, special guests and that sort of thing in, in future weeks as as baby comes, but, uh, that's all just kind of part of the, having a plan and working it that, um, is so helpful. Playing it by ear. I might be doing a podcast from, uh, the lab- live from labor and delivery. I'll come with the mic. We'll do it in person show. That'd be great. Show. That'd be really helpful. <laughs> in person show. You need show. something to distract you. You're just sitting yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you doing? <laughs> yeah. If you notice an episode where we're pausing every six minutes, that's what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, thank you both um, for all of the insight and encouragement. Oh, and if how can somebody uh, get you to represent them in the real estate, Rachel? How can oh, yeah. they find you? Um, RachelBettis.com. It's pretty difficult, I know. Oh. Um, and, yeah, I'm with 35 South Real Estate and Design. Yeah, we've got links to both of those in the show notes if you're interested. And follow Rachel on Instagram because oh, yeah. if you live in Denver, you'll see a whole bunch of really beautiful homes in Chattanooga that are one-tenth of the cost of <laughs> any house that would even be like serviceable in uh, Denver. And Home sweet chat. I just send the links to all my friends and they're all like, oh, that's so beautiful. Should we move? <laughs> 
You totally should. And have you as our realtor, so Bring it that might work baby out. Down here. <laughs> I said I that really a, southern. <laughs> <laughs> have a good night, you two. You can find okay. show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.